it's Fern here, popping in quickly before the show because I really want to hear from you. I'm forever grateful to you every single time you press play on an episode of Happy Place. And this show really is for you. So in the interest of doing more stuff that you love and less of the stuff you're not bothered by, I would love it if you took a couple of minutes to fill out a little survey for me. The link will be in the show notes. Your input on the content and the format and the guests and all those types of things is so important to help me and the Happy Place team shape the future of Happy Place. So just click on the link in the show notes to share all your thoughts and musings. I appreciate you loads. Hello and welcome to Happy Place, the show that gives you permission to say no to the stuff that no longer brings you joy. I'm Fern Cotton, and today I'm meeting the incredibly courageous Jessie Nelson. When I entered, like, the music industry, I I just thought it was always going to be about music, and it ended up being about my appearance, and it really, really, like, mentally messed with my head. Like, to be in a girl group, there's, like, it's so much pressure, and to be compared every single day to three other girls was draining and I couldn't deal with that anymore. Over the last 10 years, Jessie has become famous all over the world as part of girl band Little Mix. But fame and the pressures and judgments that come with it isn't what the girl who had dreams of making music signed up for. So on the 14th of December 2020, Jessie posted a statement on her social media announcing that after six albums in nine years, she was leaving Little Mix. You might have watched her 2019 BBC documentary, Jessie Nelson, Odd One Out, where she spoke very movingly about the effects trolling, especially about her appearance, has had on her over the years. That documentary had a profound effect on me. When we met up with Jessie in central London, I know, we recorded this one in person, which was just absolutely gorgeous. I wanted to find out if the pressure of being compared to her bandmates has lightened now that she's a solo artist and how she plans to carve a new path for herself in the music industry. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, let's do it. Here's the show, lovelies. Jessie. Hi. You're all right. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm really happy to see you. I, I was too. I was thinking on my way in. The last time I saw you was at a bowling, bowling. alley. Bowling. <laughs> so weird. I know. We were both bowling. <laughs> That's so ridiculously random. But how long ago was that? That was so long ago. So that was that was one of my kids' birthday parties. So I was really you saw me like at my worst probably trying to sort of sheep herd <laughs> 10 kids that were not listening to me. I reckon that was about two, two and years? a half years two ago. Two and a half years, yeah, yeah. I mean, so much has happened in that two and a half oh, years. No. And I'm really excited to talk today because it seems from the outside that this is a moment in your life that's a bit of a reset. Yes, literally. Would that be correct? Yeah, massively. It's crazy because I just feel like my whole life's been like a massive roller coaster. But this is the first time for me that I've like taken control of my life and been like, I'm actually now going to look after myself and genuinely do what makes me happy. So yeah, it's been a, a real big change. I think it's um, it's important to really, I guess, notice when you're in that moment of I'm resetting, yeah. everything's going to change and... It's for positive reasons and it's because you feel like that intuitively you need to change your life. But it's kind of, any change is scary, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, honestly, I was shitting myself when I made the decision because it's all I've ever known. And 
I honestly was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, and then I had obviously a bit of like time away and it's crazy because I was so go, go, go when I was in the group. Like we never had time to just be by ourselves. And the only time I had that was lockdown. And for me, that was when I realised, oh, wow, okay, this isn't for me anymore. Like, and it sounds crazy because obviously we were in a pandemic and there was like awful things going on, but it was the first time I'd felt like true peace and happiness that I hadn't felt in such a long time and that was the biggest wake-up call for me when I was like okay I I need to do something about this because it's not normal that I'm going back to work and I feel depressed and it's been 10 years of my life that I've felt like that so yeah I just really felt like I needed to look after myself. It's so interesting when we don't stop and we just keep on going, even though we might have an inkling that something's not working. But we just, I think it's so prevalent in everyone's lives. We don't give ourselves any time to stop and go, how do I actually feel? And yeah. I, I guess for a lot of people, the pandemic was that pause. Yeah. It was, how am I dealing with life? Am I happy in this, whatever it is, job, relationship, geographically where I'm at? Yeah. And it just gave us all, not everybody, but it gave a lot of people time to really reflect yeah and and for you you've acted on it you know this this sort of change of life yeah. this reset and it seemed like you deleting your Instagram was quite a, a visual way of doing that mm-hmm, as well like mm-hmm. did that feel cathartic like you were almost wiping the slate clean yeah definitely like obviously I don't ever want people to think that I'm just like right bye little mix like that's because I had like obviously I've had a mental journey in Little Mix and I've had a lot of lows but I also had some like incredible times in Little Mix and they are like my sisters and you know I'm so lucky that I got to have that platform because if I didn't I wouldn't be able to do the stuff that I'm doing now but yeah no it is it is like a clean slate for me now and I think it's really important because the way I was feeling wasn't healthy like it wasn't normal and I knew that I had to like make a change so you said in that first Instagram post that this is a new chapter for you. Yeah. What, what do you want that to be? Well, obviously I'm making new music now, which is so exciting because like Little Mix, I loved the music that we did, but it's not the music that I would listen to. Like I am a massive R&B, hip hop, like people that know me and friends and family, like that's what I grew up on. And that's like my true passion. So that's now like I'm now creating the music that's like me. And that feels like so liberating. Like I feel so free, like just being able to create and do whatever I want. And like wake up and just be like, I'm going to do this today instead of like having my life planned out and not having a say in it. So... Yeah. It's exciting. I mean, your face is literally lighting up talking about it, which is so lovely. Yeah. Because that's what you're, you know, I listened to the new single and it's so brilliant and you can feel it, like the energy behind it and that you're enjoying it and that it's fun and that's what life's all about, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. But yeah, that like, I didn't really realise that until lockdown. It's crazy because obviously I've been doing it for 10 years, but yeah like that was such a such a wake-up call for me and like you literally live once and like life's far too short to be in something that's not making you happy and I just really wanted to take control and just make myself feel good again and I didn't even know that that was going to be me going down a solo career and doing music like I just wanted to get my head right and I had two friends that have I've stayed really close with who work with Little Mix on our music and they were like why don't you just come into the studio and like no do you want to write for other people or just play around and have fun like take like we just wanted to take my mind off of like everything that was going on and went in and the first song that we wrote was the first single which is crazy because wow. that never that normally never happens like it's normally like a process and it takes quite a long time but everything's happened just so naturally and I feel like it's not meant to be it was waiting to be released it was just yeah, sat I in think, you waiting to yeah. come out and it's crazy because like I didn't realize how much I loved writing until now like obviously I did like bits and bobs in Little Mix but I think when you're telling your story, it's completely different. Like, it's so hard as well to get across your story when there's four people in a song. But yeah, like, I've got so many stories to tell and it's just nice. It's so brilliant. Yeah. And I'm so happy for you, first of all, and I'm so happy to see you happy. Thank you. And looking happy Thank and sounding so happy. Much. And your music's <laughs> you. just expressing that. It's really beautiful. And I read, there was an interview that you did, I think it was your first interview yeah. post-leaving Little Mix with your friend Felicity. And, yes. and you were talking all about 
the reasons behind you leaving and, and explaining that yeah. very generously. And you were really honest in saying, you know, a lot of the time you were compared to the yeah. other three girls. Yeah. It was sort of relentless for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that that had a detrimental effect on you. Yeah. I mean, like, I think I've been, I think I've been quite open and honest, especially when, obviously when I did my documentary. I think people know that like I've really struggled. But I think it's, it's what's the shit is obviously when you, when I entered like the music industry, I, I just thought it was always going to be about music and it ended up being about my appearance and it really, really like mentally messed with my head. And I don't think anyone realises the extent of how much it messes with someone's head until you're in that. Like to be in a girl group, there's like, it's so much pressure. And to be compared every single day to three other girls was draining and I couldn't deal with that anymore. And I think a lot of people have like misconstrued like what I meant in my statement. Like they're like, oh, so now she's going solo. Like, I never said in my statement, I'm coming out of the music industry. I'm not going to do music anymore. I said, I'm just going to start a new chapter of my life. I just want to make myself happy. I don't know what that's going to be, but I need to look after myself now, make myself, you know, feel better again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, some people are not supportive of that and some people are, and, and I'm okay with that. Also, like, it wasn't nice for Jade and Leanne and Perry to be around when I was so down. Like, they were I live, like were living their dream and I wasn't. Like, I felt very miserable and trapped and that's not... Like, I knew that that wasn't right. Well, it's so hard as well because... We all know that that sort of compare and despair model, that if we compare ourselves to others, it's not going to be good. But for a lot of people in the public eye, especially if you're in a girl band, you, you might not be comparing yourself to anybody else, but everyone's comparing you to yeah. them. So it's sort yeah. of inescapable. And, you know, I know that feeling. You know, how many people have I been compared to that sort of blonde presenters? And I'm, I might be the sort of weirder one or the not so sexy one or whatever. And it's like... Do I have to be in this hierarchy? Yeah, of, why can't I just be me? Why well, yeah, I have to fit yeah, into yeah. a box of what? And I, I know on a much lesser extent that that plays havoc mentally with how you feel about yourself and your self worth. And it, I, I, I don't know if it's even possible to summon enough strength to still feel okay about yourself with all of that outside noise. And from watching your documentary, we could see the full extent of that. I mean, it was horrendous and it was bullying. It was, yeah. it was, it was simple, straight up bullying that you were subjected to all day, every day. And in the documentary, you explain that prior to X Factor, these weren't issues you were thinking about. You were just living your life, mm -hmm. happy, doing your thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, this bombardment of abuse. Mm. Do you think... I don't know if the documentary was part of this and the therapy you've done since, but do you feel you've healed from that situation? Uh, I would say, like, 60% of me has. Like, I will never sit here in line and be like, oh, I'm, like, so happy now. Like, I don't have any insecurities, as that's an absolute lie. I still have my insecurities. I still have my struggles. I guess the thing that I just feel I'm better with now is that I silly little things like now when I do a music video I'm not looking on the camera and thinking oh my god I don't look as skinny as Jade Leanne and Perry and that's what I did every single day and like for the first time ever I did my music video and I enjoyed it like I absolutely loved it and and I was like this is the feeling I should have had the whole time and yeah like I know people might not get it but I think until you're in that situation no one will ever really understand like how much pressure there is to be in a girl band and to like live up to like a certain standard of what you're supposed to look like when you're in a girl band. And also just sort of anticipating a commentary about it. Like yeah. that's normal for people to then dissect anything about you, mm -hmm. what you look like, what you sound like, yeah. what you're saying. Mm -hmm. That was so normalised for you that you would 100% expect a reaction of some kind after putting a video out, after a photo shoot. Mm -hmm. And that's not normal, but we've somehow just, we're so used to that. Oh yeah, yeah. everyone can say anything they want about yeah. anything now. Yeah, it's crazy. Without any thought or just consideration that you're a human being. Yeah, literally. I mean, I still find it mental that there's no like, there's nothing been put in place yet, still like any laws for Instagram and Twitter and it's still mental to me that that like that's still not happened but I don't know I think um it's different for me now because I'm now in a headspace where I can like genuinely sympathize actually with people that say nasty things because I think god you must have something really deep rooted yeah. like an issue within you to want to do that because me and you would never go around 
and you know I'm going to create a fake account and say nasty things to people like you've actually got to be quite a sad person to want to do that whereas back then I didn't have that mindset I just genuinely felt like everyone hated me I feel really scared for like the younger generation oh growing up I now feel so scared yeah like because I obviously never had social media growing up like I just felt like I had a great childhood like with my friends I didn't worry about anything to be honest and now I feel like it's just all about what people look like and yeah. how much money you've got and how well you're doing and yeah I just I just I do feel sorry for kids now I do because what does that equate to if you tick all the boxes as to what's going to get likes what does that even mean it doesn't yeah. equal happiness no. I mean you've proved that you're mm. like a massively successful <laughs> famous pop star gorgeous doing your thing and you were deeply unhappy mm. so like we know that that equation doesn't add up but we still are working towards it and I wonder like what's your relationship like with social media now do you yeah. look at any comments no I don't to be honest like my um team have my Instagram and like I'll have days when I generally want to go on Instagram and if I go on Instagram it's because I don't have Twitter I will never have that ever again but with Instagram, if I want to go on there, I'll go on there. And normally, I'll go on there to genuinely just chat to my fans. Because some might think, it, think it's a bit weird, but, like, some of them have genuinely become my friends, which mm, is really lovely. nice. And, like, they'll just chat to me about, like, their day and if they've got any issues or problems they're going through. And I generally like to chat to them and help them with that. And then, like, sometimes I'll post content, but I don't really like to go on there because I feel like it's it's quite a... I mean, don't get me wrong, there's like, obviously there's a lot of positive things about Instagram, but there's quite a lot of negative and I feel like it can really cloud my headspace when I go on there. Yeah, well, when you've been through what you've been through as well with that level of toxicity, I yeah. get it. You know, I, I've had it to some extent over my career and I, like you, grew up before you, but with no social media. And I had a really, really awful patch where I felt, everybody was saying stuff about me and it was really negative and it was untrue and and I I still have a warped relationship with it where I'll look at it and some days I think yeah I can look at this and I don't feel affected by it at all the negative or the positive yeah. and then other days you're almost looking to torture yourself literally you want to sort of berate yourself yeah. and like punish yourself yeah it's so weird that is literally the relationship that I had with it yeah, from the beginning of when I started X Factor, I became obsessed with it. But I was like rationalising it in my head as though like, oh, well, if I keep reading these horrible comments, I'll just get used to seeing them. And then when I do see something bad, it, I'm so used to seeing it that it won't hurt as much. But I, it was the complete opposite. But I'm, I'm very similar to you. Like I, if I'm having a bad day, it really affects me. Yep. And then other days, it's like water for ducks back. Like it generally doesn't bother me. But I'm quite a self-destructive person. I'm like, if I'm in a bad mood everything's bad yeah. like I hate the way I look I want to read into everything that people are saying about me and I just literally am on a path of going down but yeah. if I'm like in feeling good about myself I don't give a shit yeah I so. do it too I self-torture and then I will spiral out yeah. of control yeah, literally. and I thought at this point in my life I would be all right I yep. could like rationalize it and yeah, go, I yeah, know yeah. how this works yeah. this is fine but I think it's really important to say it still affects you and yeah, it, because of we need to see everybody as human beings who have lives I'm not talking about just people in the public eye this goes for anybody whether it's circles at school or colleagues at work who are having a tough time it's so important that we don't just look at that digital screen and and disconnect from the humanness because we I, you know your documentary again hit home and I, and I had a massive I, yeah I'm going to tell you this I, I watched it with my husband I had a mm. huge cry afterwards because I thought I didn't honor the time when I went through something, it wasn't as public as you on a level of sort of bullying, I don't think, but I felt really vilified and really bullied. And I just kept thinking, well, I, I'm, there must be something, I'm wrong. So I'm just gonna, I deserve this. I really believe that I deserved it. And I really sat there and thought, maybe it's all right that I feel really upset about all that rather than no, I just had to get through it. And, or any situation in life where I felt dismissed or mm, not mm. seen or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was a good release for me and a good chance to look back and go, God, that's really a lot to get through. And yeah. I don't want it to sound like, oh, good poor you, because people have been through far worse. But it, I yeah, don't but you're like still ever human, it. But you're still human. Mm. And like, just because people may go through worse situations, like you're still human with feelings and you're absolutely in your own right to feel the mm. way you feel. And that's like, 
like it's okay like yeah. I, I think that I'm very similar in that sense like I just was like I just need to deal with this deal with this deal with this and I never ever spoke about it because I just wanted to move past it and try and forget about it but it just it made it 10 times worse and I think through doing my documentary I really realized that speaking to someone and genuinely like speaking my truth and letting people know really really helped do you have you ever looked at what you think the root fear might be when in context of those comments because I've sometimes thought right if someone's saying something really shitty about me or back in the day when they would say all sorts yeah. of things what is my real fear here it can't just be people don't like me like what does that even mean I'm I'm still safe no one can hurt me mm-hmm. so what is my root fear and I kept like going back and going back and like underneath another fear underneath another fear mm. and I think my root fear is that I reject myself all the time. Yeah. So if they're rejecting me, maybe I am, you know, all those awful things I think, and I am, and I should reject myself. But then what does that mean? Like, yeah. how do I live in this body and with yeah. these thoughts if I'm constantly rejecting myself? And I think it's an interesting process because the fear that we think up here, oh, people don't like me, that's never really it. Mm-hmm. Do you think you know what's on those sort of subterranean levels of worry or fear? No. But I know that I don't like people not liking me. Like, I know that's a big thing for me because when I have, like, it really, really does affect me when I see people say, like, horrible things. And, like, I don't know. I've never actually really, really delved into that. Maybe that's something I need to do. Yeah, because I think it takes the heat off the action because then if you know you think oh it doesn't matter yeah because I do have days like when I generally sit like when I'm having like shitty days and it affects me I'll sit with my friends and they'll like probably like sit me down and be like Jesse, do you really care about these people who literally do not even know you they know nothing about you other than what they've seen like you do you actually care about what they think because the people that you should really care about and value opinions of are the people that love you and care about you if we were saying this stuff to you then I'd understand and then I'll be like Okay, and I'll like check myself and I'll be like, okay. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't know like why when I'm having bad days, it really, like I wish that I could just go throughout life, even when I'm having a bad day, I'm just genuinely not giving a shit. Me too. I really do. And I really hope that I get there soon. Like yeah. I'm always working towards it and I'm definitely making big improvements, but I am so inclined to self-loathe like it's just yeah, a little under the I'm surface exactly the same yeah I could say one thing that I think oh that wasn't quite right or or anything yeah and that's it I will literally then go I'm a bad mom I'm a shit wife yeah. I'm a terrible selfish friend and I've I've created a whole story about that which I think so many people do but it's just then getting yourself out of that is are you so when you're like in that place are you do you find it easy to get out of or no I could stew on that for days yeah I'm getting better it's getting quicker yeah I think because I have had a lot of therapy Mm. and actually the one thing that's helped me massively is having I never get the letter order right EMDR I think it is which is an eye movement therapy but you can do like a tapping therapy as well yeah that's that's taken the sort of panic side out of it. Mm-hmm. So when I self-loathe, it might be only a day, whereas before I could lose, I'm not even joking when I say six months wow. of like feeling that bleak about myself. Yeah, and yeah. like just like actually quite, this is, yeah, like gross. I'd feel gross, like I'm a gross person. And even not just physically, I'm just talking I'm a gross person. And I think it hasn't helped being in the public eye for so long because I've had it for more, way more yeah. than half my life. yeah. But it's quicker now. It's much quicker. How about yeah. you? Yeah, I'm the same. It's definitely quicker. But I've also got, like, people around me that are very quick to be like, tell me about it. Yeah. So that obviously helps. But, you know, I do think that I am definitely getting better, but I'm exactly the same. Like, I I don't know if it's, like, because I'm a Gemini, but, like, when I am down... I feel sorry for the people that are around me because I'm not a nice person to be around. Same. And literally just everything shit. Yeah. And it could be like, I could actually look really good in a photo and I'd be like, it's disgusting, I hate it, don't even show it to me. And it's just crazy, like how I'll literally like just self-destruct. Well, you just latch onto anything you can mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's sort of feeding it, And isn't I can't it, seem to like get myself out of it. I can't yeah. seem to just ever find a positive. Mm. I'm, I'm a very, oh God, I'm really not painting a very good picture of myself, but I, <laughs> I'm, very, I'm more likely to find a negative than I am a positive. Yeah. 
I think I'm the same. And I think also it's sort of woven into our culture that we're not very celebratory about ourselves. We never no. go, but God, I'm really good at yes, that. Yes, but if you do do that, then you're seen as cocky yeah, know, or arrogant. Which is so bad. Yeah, but I do think it's this country. Because I, I do. feel like in America, they're oh. like, they celebrate being confident. Yeah. And over here, if you're like, yeah, a little bit confident in yourself, you're seen as arrogant and cocky and like people just want to bring you down. I know, we've got to change that because how are we going to like ourselves if we can't say it out loud? And exactly. So, like I did a really silly thing the other day. My dad taught me how to do wallpapering because I've wanted to know for ages. Yeah. It's deeply tragic. And... I was so good at it instantly and I loved it. I did yeah. two rooms and my dad was like, how are you doing this? And I even saying out loud, I'm so good at it. But I fucking was. I was really good at wallpapering. But, but why shouldn't you say that? It's I don't like, know. It's like, I, I put up a post not long ago, like saying that like, we're so... We find it so much easier to like put ourselves down than we do to like big ourselves up, and that's not that's not, it's not healthy. No, it's not helpful. It's not healthy. It's not normal. No, like we should be like if we feel good, like oh, I look fucking good today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So to flip that on its head, so, so we've looked at, negative comments and the, and the fear that brings up and the feelings that are all ours you know they mm. don't belong to other people there are yeah. feelings that, that come up when we look at say you put a post up on Instagram mm-hmm. uh, as an example and you got a million likes everybody loves it all the comments are just oh my god you look amazing you are amazing blah blah does that really hit the spot does that really boost you and make you feel like yeah I'm all right yeah probably which is really sad isn't it <laughs> you're being honest (laughs) well because it's like yeah in a way you're getting you're like you're getting people's approval and validation aren't you it's like people are saying oh yeah like I like what you're doing like and then when as soon as people are negative that's when you start to like question yourself and like doubt what you're doing Mm. yeah it's not it's not good well I guess the place it's a hard place to get to I'm not there but I guess the place we're all wanting to get to is contentment where it just doesn't matter yeah, yeah. what anyone says yeah. and if you posted a picture where you thought you looked or sounded or said something amazing if no one else agreed that you could still feel those feelings yeah it's not easy no and it's just crazy because like, I could put something up that I absolutely love and then as soon as like I see a few if I was to see a few bad things about it I then start to question it and it's like why do we do that if I love it, it shouldn't really matter what anyone else thinks no and everybody loves to have a little say these days about anything. Yeah. Like, and create some sort of argument. Yeah, a it's, drama. And I'm just like, oh, no. just piss off <laughs> and just be nice. Like, it's not hard be nice. to be nice. Like, it really isn't. No. And I, honestly, I do sit and think that, like, when I see, like, these things that people write on my posts, I think, what are you actually doing right now at home? Like, what, I want to know what this person looks like and I want to know what they're feeling. And I'm like, because it must take so much energy to genuinely want to pick up your phone and be like, oh, do you know what? I want to say something yeah. really shitty about her. Yeah. So I can't ever imagine doing that. Do you know what I did once? I mean, I've probably only done it once or twice, but someone put something really unwarranted on a post. I think I put something about mental health and they put like yawn. Thought, oh God, I can't. So I thought, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. So I thought, I'm going to jab a little chat with her. Yeah. So I reached out very, in a nice way. Mm-hmm. I'm not up for an argument. I, I'm not even judging that person. Yeah. So I'm just really interested as to why you would post it. And she put back this lovely thing just saying, you know what? I feel like such an idiot. I was having a really shit day and I just wanted to say something negative and release it out myself. how funny that she was having a shit day. And then we had a really nice chat after yeah. that and we had a really nice yeah. like, dialogue going. But this is exactly my point. People that say negative things are either not, sh- happy. Ha- not happy because no genuinely happy person would ever do that or feel the need to do that. I know. Well, how do you say your self-worth is today? If we take away all of that, you take away all your fans, you take away Instagram, you take away any commentary about who you are, what you look like. It's just you sat on this sofa right now. What, how is your self-worth? I mean, I feel like I feel pretty good within myself, like especially mentally, definitely, because, I mean, I couldn't say that 
how many months ago from like October, I was in a really, really bad place. But it's just genuinely like having time to myself, being around like my friends and my family. Like I never got to do that. And like I said, like lockdown was the only time I got to do that. And that was when I really realized, oh, well, this is what makes me happy. So I genuinely, hand on my heart, could say that if this was all taken away from me, I know that I could still be just as happy going back to being a barmaid. And as long as I've got my friends and family around me, that's all I need. Like I know that because I've experienced it and I know that that's genuinely what made me happy. It's really interesting. I was just thinking when you were talking there, and like from watching your documentary, before, so when you were a barmaid and you were just, you know, you were doing some brilliant manifesting, thinking I'm going to win X Factor, <laughs> which you then went on to do, which is amazing and so powerful. But you were happy and you'd never given your image a thought. You were just doing your thing. No. Much like when I, before I started in TV, didn't yeah. even think about it at mm. all. And I had some seriously horrendous haircuts <laughs> and outfits, whatever. But I didn't care. I didn't give a shit. So really, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of your... Um, trauma and also a lot of the depression yeah. is based around what you look like yeah yeah but that's not even your problem because you didn't have it before yeah it's other people have created a problem yeah that feels like you've got to carry it around mm, yeah it's crazy because even when like in my documentary when the lady was like because I had such a issue with like watching old videos back of me and watching old interviews and performances and I was I I, you, I genuinely got embarrassed by like looking at how I looked because that was what people had made me like I believe believe yeah, yeah. and she was like but you know that girl got you to where you yeah. are now like you shouldn't hate that girl or be embarrassed because that girl is why you're here now and having all the success that you've got and I was like oh fuck I've never actually truly like thought about it like that she won you the x factor literally like, what yeah. an amazing yeah. version of you it, I, I so know those feelings because i mean god I, if i look at any pictures of myself <laughs> <laughs> i can't deal because i there was a huge period of my career where you no one had a stylist wasn't even a thing back yeah. then yeah and you would probably do your own makeup and i had some horrendously questionable things going on looks wise but more than that way more than that because that I can think oh god it's a bit tragic but kind of cute but the decisions (laughs) that I made and some of the I think because I had low self-worth I got into dynamics that were so toxic and unhealthy and from the age I'm at now I can look back and think god I was so walked over there or someone completely took the piss out of me there or used me or whatever why did I let that happen like Mm. I I find that version of me so hard to make peace with. And I feel embarrassed that I used to be like that, that I wasn't sort of this confident, strong-willed... I mean, I looked confident maybe on the TV, but I wasn't confident in my decision-making and who I hung out with. I was just going, oh, I think I need to be doing this because everyone else is doing it and they Mm, look cool mm, or whatever. mm. And I would never do that now. I couldn't give a shit. Obviously, that's age and experience, but I find it so hard to like that me and I know that I've got to integrate that me with me now. Yeah, yeah. But it almost feels impossible at times. Yeah. Have, do you think you've done that? Have you made proper peace with that, No, Jessie? not completely. But, like, I've, I've definitely... I've come a long way. But, like, I said it in the documentary, like, just the littlest things. Like, if I would get into a relationship with someone... I think, oh my God, if they're going to Google me, they're going to see all these old pictures of me and they're not going to want to go on a date with me. Well, that's how my head used to work. Mm. Like, because I was, I hated that version of me so much because of what people had said about me. Whereas now, like, that doesn't even enter my head yeah. now. But um, no, I don't, I still don't think I'm like, because I still, like, if I ever do see old clips, like, played on the telly or old music videos, like, I still get this little bit of, like, not anxiety, but like an uncomfortable feeling. And now I know that that's me still not fully, like, yeah. accepting that version of me, which is crazy. Do you think you still try and run away from her? Because I I think I still run from the old me because I had a lot of, well, sometimes I still do have like this insecurity that I didn't do well at school because I was already working when I was a mm, kid. So mm. I barely did my exams. I didn't go to university, obviously, or anything like that. And I've had to confront that by interviewing lots of super smart people who've, you know, got degrees or whatever, masters or they're expert in a subject. And I'm... 
constantly trying to run away from that old me by going, you know, got to read more books, got to do this, got to learn about that. And I, but I'm not doing it because I want to just expand my mind. I'm doing it because I'm so scared that I might still be the girl from Pinner who fucked up at school and whatever. And I'm, I'm actively running from her still. Yeah. Do you think you do that? Mm, no, because I feel like I've addressed the situation which I didn't do before. Yeah. So like I just used to, like I didn't want to watch any videos. I didn't want to look back at any old pictures. I just literally just wanted to like erase that time of my life because I was so embarrassed by that version of me. Whereas now like I can, like as much as I'm still like, like when it comes up and I'm like, God, I, I'm not like, I can't not, not look at it. Like I can deal with it now and I'm like okay with it and I don't like, shit myself if I go on a date and think they're going to Google me, like little things like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I'm still definitely like not completely 100% with it. And how are you with that erasing of time? Because I've done that. I've still blocked loads of stuff out. Mm. And, and I, when I spoke to a therapist about this, she said she kind of did a bit of backtracking and thought, right, if you're having panic attacks because of this, this and this, mm. it's probably because you haven't integrated that part of your memory still. You're like actively blocking it out and that's causing you to feel like you're out of your body which is my panic attack is I'm leaving my body yeah I'm physically not in it I'm floating over here somewhere yeah so my work is to try and get all those years back and think okay this stuff happened but it's fine yeah do you still delete sections of your life I don't think so no no I wouldn't say that I do that's really good yeah and what how's the panic in terms of like Are you still having like anxiety attacks no well, I mean I touch wood <laughs> but like so I had them in the very beginning of like being in the band and obviously I'd never experienced anything like that in my yeah. life and I was like what the fuck is this this is awful and then they went away and then obviously like right before I left the band I they started resurfacing I started having panic attacks again and I was like this is what is going on and that's when I knew that something wasn't right because I was like I love, performing is my thing. Like, that is my... It's crazy because even though I never had confidence to just, like, fully be myself, when I was on stage, I guess it's because I'm. you kind of play a character when you're on stage. I'm not fully myself. I'm not really Jessie when I'm on stage. I, like, become a... Kind of like how Beyonce, Sasha Fierce. Yeah. And um, performing is my thing. And like, I've never, like... All the girls... The girls always used to say to me, God, like, I'm so jealous that you don't get nervous. And I actually used to get pissed off that I didn't get nervous because for me, if I get nervous before I go on stage, it gives me adrenaline, yeah. which is what I really need before I go on stage. And so when I was, like, going on and doing Live Lounge and I literally had a panic attack right before I was about to go on, which has never happened before, I was like, why is this happening? I, I couldn't understand, like, why I was having a panic attack when that was the thing I was best at. That was the thing I was most confident to do. And I knew that, like something wasn't right yeah. and then it just kept happening like I was doing music videos having panic attacks on music videos and it, uh, it just got worse and worse but it is a sign it is a sign that something needs yeah, to give yeah it's your give. body telling you yeah. it literally is mm. yeah well and you've massively addressed that now because you've yeah. changed everything and yeah. you're making it work for you I mean how was it being in the studio for the first time completely on your own doing your own thing it's your music it's yeah. your expression how did that feel it was f it was really fun but I think I it felt more fun as well because it was people that I'd already worked with they were friends so I felt in quite a, like a safe environment yeah. I guess if I'd have gone in with people that I'd never worked with before and yeah I think that would have been way more daunting but um I loved it and it was just really nice like writing songs about like experiences that I've been through so it is like therapy mm. and you get the best songs out of whatever you're feeling like if I'm feeling something oh, yeah. that day I'm like I need to get in the studio and write a song about this it's a gift from feeling shit is yeah. writing or whatever it is Literally. expression and I was going for a breakup at the time as well so when I was in the studio like I've I've honestly wrote some really bloody good songs because of it <laughs> so yeah but it, it really it really is like therapy and I I, I love it so much mm. and how are you feeling about getting all of that new music out there for everybody to I, hear it and yeah, embrace it. I just can't wait because this is like my true authentic self. Like that. This is me. Like this is the music I've generally always wanted to make. So yeah, and I just, it's just nice for like people to really see like the real me, the true, like this is the artist I've generally always wanted to be. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I loved what we did in Little Mix, but it's completely different to what I would do as a solo artist. Mm. Um, 
so yeah I just I just can't wait and I hope that like there's some songs on there that I'm so proud of that I've written that I really hope when people like listen to them that it actually helps them and that's what I really want to get out of my music I want people to listen to my album and generally be like oh fuck she's feeling how I'm feeling and like because there's there's been times when I've felt really shit and I've listened to like a certain artist and their song has generally made me feel better oh, same here. like music is so powerful I know I love it yeah it's the be- like that actually is a bit of a game changer for me if I'm feeling shit is having some really good music yeah. that I know will lift me yeah it's so powerful yeah it really really is it can so either good. make you feel so sad mm. or it can make you feel like Honestly, like I can be feeling really shit, and if I put a song on that makes me feel like a fucking bad bitch, I, <laughs> I can literally like change into a completely different person. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, I love that mm. the bad bitch song. I've, I need to find. My, I don't know how to locate my bad bitch song. But I have located loads of songs that make me cry, and I love yeah, it. Cry. Yeah. Crying's the best. Crying is so good. But everyone thinks that you shouldn't cry. Like I've oh, said I this so many it. times. Like why? When we cry, do we like go? Are we like stop ourselves from crying? I know it's because we feel vulnerable. But we when feel we exposed. laugh, like no one goes, oh, stop yourself from laughing. I know. It's just a bloody emotion. If you feel sad, be fucking sad. Get it but out. We don't let ourselves do that, which is why I think so many people struggle with mental health and like because we just don't allow ourselves to feel how we want to feel, and we kind of mask it and just try to crack on, and that actually makes it worse. It does, and I think. You've mentioned so many times throughout this chat like how important it is to have these people around you, whether it's your friends, whether yeah. it's people you work with previously mm-hmm. that you need in place. Yeah. I think it's so important because if you've got people around you who aren't willing to give you the space, yeah. who don't say, okay, well, tell me more about that, mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or who just go, oh, well, there's people who have far worse going on or whatever, and they shut you down. That is so detrimental to you moving through it because yeah. you just get stuck in it yeah, so massively. it seems like that is such an important thing for you well everyone yeah, to yeah. have that soul team in place yeah, that are like, going to be there for you I just want to be honest like the team that I had prior to what I've got now like didn't care generally didn't and that was something that really led me to feeling depressed and wanting to not do it anymore because I genuinely felt like no one gave a shit. And when I voiced that I was struggling, no one cared. And that was like a real thing for me of like, okay, wow. Like I'm just generally here to just do my job. Like, and yeah, now like, obviously I've got a new team and I'm around like people that genuinely love and care about me. And it makes such a difference. So I think when you are struggling, when you feel that way, it's so important to be around people that genuinely love you and care about you and just want the best for you. Well, also, I think the hardest thing when you're struggling is feeling like you're alone in it. And that that is what I felt. Like, I felt really alone. And I almost, like, then felt like when I was coming to work, like, you know, you can just feel, like, an energy of people just not wanting you to be there. And I hated that. Like, I hated walking into a room thinking people don't want me to be here. And when you're already feeling shit, like, yeah, it's just, that's a hard environment to be in. How much of that do you think was your own paranoia versus what was really going on? I don't think there was paranoia, like, if I'm being honest. Like, there's, like, certain things that went on and happened that spoke the truth, really. So, mm. yeah. And it's, you know, it's hard to get out of that, isn't it? I've been in situations like that at work where I thought, God, I really don't think people like me. Yeah. And I have questioned, is that me being, like, dramatic? Am I... yeah putting myself in this position but I think you know yeah massively feel it well I could tell because when I wasn't at work and I was around my friends and family like I felt like a different person and then I'd walk back into work and I was and I'd question like god I'm not am I am I like a, a knob am I like hard to deal with am I and I just questioned myself all the time but then as soon as I wasn't at work like I felt like Jesse, like the one who my friends and family really love, but like I just, it was just an energy and an aura of just, yeah, I just felt like people didn't want me to be there or wanted to be around me and didn't want to really address that I was not in a good place and was kind of just like, well, you kind of just need to crack on and get on with it. Well, I guess it, <laughs> this is as cynical as it gets, but we know what this industry can be like. There's no time to feel down. <laughs> No. I didn't have that when no. I was in a bad place. It was like, there was no time for me to have a day off work. Mm, I couldn't. It's not good. It's, it's not good. It's not good for anyone. I know there's millions of people, there's lots of people that listen to this podcast who feel deeply alone in it and deeply depressed and their boss isn't going to say you can have a day off or a week off or however long you need off to sort of 
get some kind of help or support. It's really hard. I think the infrastructure that we're working with on a societal level doesn't allow time for mental problems physical it will Mm -hmm. because you might have to go and have something sorted or whatever but the mental one because it's usually invisible it's still there's still such disparity between you're physically ill you have time off or you're mentally very unwell have time off that's still there's a taboo around that still that I think's not great and there's a lot of people suffering because of that yeah which is why people don't talk about it yeah and why they struggle yeah I mean did you I'm not sure who you spoke to first, but did you feel worried that there would be concerns about if you could carry on doing what you were doing if you spoke up? Because I think I certainly had that. Like, if I say how I'm really feeling, well, I still have a bloody job here because I don't know if I will. Yeah, well, I just remember, obviously, the first time... So, like, obviously, I'd, like, taken an overdose. I went into hospital and then I had a music video, like, a week after. And... Obviously, my mum found out and she was distraught and she was like, right, this is it. I'm, you're not doing this anymore. Like, Because my mum's the kind of mum that's like, I genuinely couldn't give a shit what you do as long as you're happy. Yeah. That's all I care about. Yeah. So she was like, no, this isn't happening anymore. I'm like, like putting my foot down and you're coming out of this. And obviously, I didn't know what to do at the time because it was very early stages of Little Mix as well. And I just remember going in, talking about it and... I was told, well, you know, if you take time off, then it's just going to cause articles and then there's going to be loads of press around it. So then what are you going to do? And well, I don't think that's a good idea. And it was kind of just brushed under the carpet. And then I was told, well, you should just go on antidepressants. There was no like, you know, let's address this. Let's like sort this out. Let's properly take time like there was no like actual concern for me. It was just more like, oh, God, well, what's everyone going to say? And like... And I was just like, oh, okay. So I just brushed it under carpet, did the music video the next week, and it was like nothing ever happened. And I think that's what led to like it just got worse. Well, you carry that shit around. Yeah. You can't move. You can't just move on to it and do a music video. It's mm. still all there, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I guess there is always a breaking point, and yours has been to change your whole life, and it's going to be for your mental well being. Yeah. And for your happiness. Yeah. And I know I've made the right decision because, like, this might sound really bad, but, like, I haven't woke up and thought, oh, and had that feeling of have I made the right decision? Like, I know I have, and, yeah, I just... I just Mentally, with how I feel, like, I genuinely feel like this is what feeling happy should feel like. Mm. And I feel that like that a lot more than just, like, every, like, now and then, which is what I used to feel. It was very rare that I actually felt happy. Do you, do you think if you'd told yourself whilst you're in Little Mix, that you could feel happy again, that you would have believed it? No. Mm. And I just got so used to just feeling like that. And, like, like I said, you don't... I sound like I'm like, oh, get the strings out, but it's fucking hard being in a girl band. There is, it's literally like a machine. Like, you don't have any time to just be or just do what you actually want to do. Like, and... Yeah, it's it's just, it's a lot to deal with. Um, and you don't feel that now, that's gone. Yeah, because I like, like, like if I want to, if I wake up and my manager goes to me, Jessie, this is coming for you today, do you want to do this? I have the choice to say, no, I don't, or yes, I do. I didn't have that before. So, like, if I was waking up and I, gen- like, I genuinely had days when I would wake up and think, how am I going to get out of bed today? Like, I feel so depressed, I don't know how I'm going to get out of bed today. And I would have to go and do a photo shoot and, wear a bloody bikini and act like I was fucking loving life and that was what was really hard for me that I didn't have any control I felt like I had no control over my life Mm. and it sounds like I sound really selfish saying that because there's so many people that would be like well then you shouldn't have got into the industry like because that's what comes with it but at the same time I'm like well no not really like I didn't come into this industry for people to literally tear me down because of what I look like no 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 nobody that that should never have happened and nobody deserves that at all. And I think maybe it's an age thing as well. Like we all end up wanting to go our own way and have a bit more control over yeah. life and we know what we like a bit more and we have the yeah. confidence to say it out loud. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I do think it definitely comes with age as well. Like it was like, it was like 10, it's 10 years, yeah. like it's a very, very long time. And we were all kind of like going off to do our own things anyway. But yeah, no, like I I loved being in Little Mix and it's like... I've had the most incredible memories, but, like, now, like, I want to start a new journey and, 
Yeah, it's exciting. Well, I'm so excited for Thank you. Thank you. And I can't wait to see what you do next. And as I said at the start, I'm just so glad to see that you're happy. Thank you so much. That's all that matters. It is, though. Like... I honestly believe that in life you just got to make yourself happy and do you live once. Life is too fucking short to be doing shit that don't make you happy. Hear, hear. Yeah. <laughs> you will have absolutely have heard it in Jessie's voice throughout that chat, but let me just confirm that she really was glowing glowing with contentment thank you so much jesse for sharing so much of what you've been through i so appreciate it jesse's first solo single boys features Nicki minaj and as you heard it in our chat she co-wrote it and co-directed the music video too it's bloody brilliant and i cannot wait to see her really thrive as a solo artist in the industry is there someone in your life you know would benefit from hearing jesse's words tell them about this episode tell them there's a whole back catalogue I think there's about I don't know 130 or something chats to listen to now with just so many incredible people you can follow the podcast for free wherever you're listening to this right now so you never miss an episode thank you so much to Jesse, to the producer Anushka Tate at Rethink Audio and to you for being a part of this I bloody love you I'll see you next week powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com